It's time for Football Asia with Paul Williams. Yes, we round out the show with Football Asia in the company of Paul Williams from the Asian Game. Evening, Paolo. Simon, Alex, how are you going, guys? Very good, very good. Uh, Let's start with the performance of Al-Halal at the FIFA Club World Cup. We asked uh, last week whether they could spring a surprise again against Flamengo in the semis. They did that, uh, but fell a bit short in the final against Real Madrid. Yeah, I don't think uh, too many people would have been surprised with the outcome of the final, but I think certainly surprised by the outcome of the semi-final against Flamengo. I sat here last week, even myself was probably a little bit um, sceptical of whether they could get that job done against Flamengo, given all the, the circumstances around Al-Halal. At the moment, they had a number of key players out. Mohamed Kano was going to miss that match with suspension as well and all the injuries that, I, that I'd spoken about. Um, but they got that job done. They were aided by a red card in that game, but they were able to, to see that match out. But yeah, certainly in that final, Real Madrid were were far too strong. They are one of the best teams in the world for a reason. So it was probably always going to be a, a step too far, but still to score three goals in a final against Real Madrid is is nothing to be sneezed at. Musa mm. Morega had an open net. I'm not sure quite how he missed it. That would have made it 5-4 with 10 minutes to go, which potentially could have been interesting, but um, a step too far, but still another fantastic achievement for for Al-Halal, for Saudi football, for Asian football to um, to be on that stage. Yeah, Asian clubs have, have done well at the FIFA Club World Cup in recent years. Um, could the expanded competition, which of course is coming, I think, mm. is it 2024 or 2025? I can't remember which. Uh, but that could be a real boon for the Asian region. I certainly think it could be. Uh, 2025, I think it's slated for at the moment and um you know we've spoken a lot about saudi arabia in the, the last couple of weeks don't be surprised if that's held in saudi arabia by the way I, they've, <laughs> they've spoken <laughs> <laughs> they've they've said that they're on the record of saying they want to host these big international events so don't be surprised if it's it, if it's held in the uh, in in saudi arabia but i certainly think you know for, for asian football for a lot of the football outside of probably europe and, and south america but even for South America as well, I think that the expanded tournament can be uh, can be a really good thing. Having more teams play at this level and getting more opportunity, more exposure, more money, because of course there'll be a lot of money behind this as well, I think can only be a good thing. Given it's every four years, it'll probably be the preceding four ACL winners. So it's still going to be difficult to qualify for. So for Australian teams, it's still an aspiration, but we know winning the Champions League is awfully difficult to do but it at least gives clubs an aspiration you know you've got you know a, a chance over a four-year cycle if you if you win that champions league you um, you're more than likely going to get a going to get a spot at the, the club world cup so i think it could be fantastic for uh, for football outside the sort of the, the big parts of the world it will be and kevin musket uh, looking looking over to japan over the weekend he's won another trophy with yokohama uh, lifting the japanese super cup with a 2-1 win there he did, yeah. It can be a bit of a poison chalice at times. I think only two of the past 10 winners of the Super Cup have actually gone on to then win uh, the uh, the J-League that season. So he'll be trying to buck a little bit of a, a trend. They got a 2-1 win over Kofu on the weekend. It was it was a curtain raiser to the season. It's their first real competitive match. So no surprise, it wasn't a classic performance, as you wouldn't expect first up. But they got the job done. They got another piece of silverware. But the real stuff starts... This weekend, they've got a tough match first up away to uh, to Kawasaki 
Frontale. They both teams go into that with some injury concerns. Damiao and Kobayashi for Kawasaki will be missing. Uh, uh, Kenta Inoue, a recent signing for Yokohama. Um, Ryuta Koike, Ken Matsubara will be missing for, for Yokohama as well. So neither side's at full strength coming into the season. So it'll be interesting to see how they manage that over the, the first couple of weeks because we know in Japan, particularly in Japan, that early season momentum can be absolutely critical. Uh, and Yokohama F. Marinos and Kawasaki Frontale uh, have shared the last six J-League titles between them. So is it fair to say those two clubs are going to be the pace setters again or is there somebody else that's caught your eye this season? Yeah, I certainly think those two, on paper at least, look the most likely. But I think if there is going to be a challenge of the season, it looks like it could come from Sam Frecce Hiroshima, who finished third last season. Um, they had a standout campaign last year under Michael Skibber, their, their new German coach. Um, they've been able to retain the the core of that squad. Uh, Mitsuta, who was a standout player last year, a lot of people thought he, uh, he might get um, a chance over in Europe, but they've retained him at least for the first half of the season, which is... Uh, which is really important. So if there's going to be a challenger, it could be Sam Frecce Hiroshima. Um, but we know with the J-League, despite the fact that Kawasaki and Yokohama have had a monopoly for the last six years, it is an ultra-competitive league and it does always throw up a surprise or two. No one saw Sam Frecce doing what they did last season. So I wouldn't be surprised if there's a, a challenger from outside the the, the teams that everyone's tipping to be up there, maybe a Gamba or Saka or someone like that, who just shoot up the table unexpectedly and throw themselves into uh, to the title race. So, um, yeah, it'll be interesting to see how that goes this season. It all starts this weekend. The Asian Champions League also resumes this week. Uh, it started mm. a year ago and still hasn't finished. Uh, the round of 16 ties in the West, uh, again, like I said, coming back this week. And Roa is already through to the final in the East. Uh mm. Who do you fancy in those uh, round of 16 matches? It's the tournament that just won't end this one. It's <laughs> remarkable. Um, and 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 the, we've got the, the West Zone knockouts this weekend and then the finals not until May. So we've got another couple of months to wait as well. So um, it's remarkable how long this has dragged out. But you'd suspect Al-Halal, given what we saw in the, the, the Club World Cup, what we've seen from them over the last couple of editions of this tournament as well, that have to be strong favourites to um, to make it through from the West Zone. But if there's a team or two that could cause a surprise, Al Hale, we know how, what they're doing there on top of the Qatar Stars League. They're a, um, an outside smoking. Al Shabab as well, who are right in the title race in the Saudi Pro League. They've got Eva Banega as well, the Argentinian player. Um, they're equal on points, I think, at the top of the Saudi Pro League. They could meet Al-Halal in the quarterfinals if they both win their round of 16 tie. And I'd give them a sneaky chance in in that one and would potentially set up a, um, a semi-final maybe against uh, Al Dehale. So, um, yeah, a couple of Smokies to keep an eye on there. Uh, Paul, why has it taken so long to get to this stage in the West? Is it COVID-related or is this about managing the changeover? Because, of course, in 2023, uh, the Champions League will start later this year rather than February 2024 or March 2023, if you see what I mean. (laughs) Yeah, it's it's a little bit of that, trying to manage uh, the, the, the gap. But it was also because... The World Cup was played in November last year, which is normally the time slot that the final would be played. You had Qatar that was in essentially a six-month build-up to that tournament. Saudi Arabia as well went into camp late September, early October. 
those two are the, the the power political players in in that part of the, the region and i suspect that they didn't want to complete the uh, the knockout rounds of the asian champions league with their best clubs being depleted of their best players so it was decided that um also to, as you said to manage the crossover that they'd move the knockout rounds back to february of course the final was meant to be played at the same times but um, Urawa managed to get that pushback so they can play that um, play that final at Saitama because there's some some pitch renovations going on there as well. So it is, as I said, the, the tournament that will not end. It's an 18 month tournament. It's a it's a uh, marathon, that's for sure. Yeah, Urawa got the longest wait ever to find <laughs> out who they will play in the final. Um, elsewhere in Asia, China has announced it's going to return to the home and away format for the Super League. That after a heavily a COVID-disrupted season last time out, which is good to hear. Uh, let's finish off, though, in India, Paul. Uh, Mumbai City have won the Premiership ahead of the finals with two games to spare. We've spoken about them before on the show mm. in the last couple of months. Uh, so success for Rostin Griffiths and head coach Des Buckingham. They're part of the City Football Group, of course. Uh, will they go on and win the whole thing? It's hard to go past them at the moment. They're now up to 18 games unbeaten. There's two games to go in the regular season. So they're odds on to almost finish the season undefeated, which almost then adds a little bit more pressure coming into knockout finals because anything can happen. But given the form they've shown this season, they're they're hard to go past. But the the finals race as well is is really interesting. The, the gap between fourth place and seventh seventh place on the table is only one point, as I said, with with two games to go. You've got a couple of those teams playing each other over the, the, the final couple of weeks of the season. You've got Mo and Bagan playing Hyderabad, who are in second. Mo and Bagan are in fourth tonight, which will be crucial in you know determining whether Hyderabad finish second, whether Mo, Mo and Bagan can keep their spot or whether they slip back in the table as well. So it's a fascinating end to the season. Sure is, and uh, plenty of Aussie interest as well, of course. Demi Petratos over there, and uh, Roy Krishna, Osama Malik, Josip Gombe are part of the coaching ranks. Uh, great stuff. Hey, thanks, Paul. Uh, we'll speak to you again next week on uh, Football Asia. Thanks, Paul. Cheers, guys. Thanks, Matt.